Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast, episode 45, I believe, if I'm counting that right. I'm Ryan, here with Jeremy as always. Yo. You got any news you want to talk about? As always, somebody died. I'm sure everybody knows Tina Turner passed away. That's shitty. She was a cool lady. <laughs> yeah. I know. That, that was just like the most nonchalant way to describe her. She was a... Uh, I shouldn't have to, but... No, I know. Like, you should already know. But, but here's... Yeah, she was a... Uh, she was a fucking rock star, dude. Yeah, dude. If it wasn't for Tina Turner, there'd be no Mick Jagger. Yeah. That's that. For black women, she was fucking huge. For women, she was huge. Rock and roll, she was huge. All that bullshit she had to deal with Ike in that kick-ass movie with Angela Bassett. That came out when I was probably, what, 90, 91, 92, whatever. I was five or six years old. So, in all honesty, that's how I was introduced to Tina. And then, you know, I saw her in Thunderdome and shit like that. And What's Love Got to Do With It was still playing, like, every ten minutes. Yeah, that was my, like, introduction was that song. Right, right. And then I remember when I first started collecting records, Tina's records were everywhere yeah so i grabbed them up because they were like 50 cents at the time or a dollar and then i seen somebody talk about someone trying to sell them for 80 dollars yeah, the other day just insane now i have like i do have a couple of older ike and tina albums and those seem to be a little harder to find that aren't all like beat up oh yeah but um, I had a sealed one for a while. Yeah, those, I don't know what I did. Some of those are, there's some really, really good songs on some of those. Like, I think, you know, we're supposed to talk about, uh, you know, Tina's death, and I'm not saying Ike was a good person because clearly he had his own demons and issues. But from a musician standpoint, if he wouldn't have done all that cocaine and drugs and crazy shit, he, I think he would have be remembered as a way better guitar player than he's given credit for because he, he orchestrated that whole shit. He found Tina. He put, you know what I'm saying? Like he was a very smart, uh, musical genius that I don't think he gets a lot of credit for because of his personal life. Yeah, I can see that. How do you know that the coke and drugs didn't attribute to his musical outcome though? And if he didn't do it, then he might have been okay. terrible. Now, I'm going to uh, only base this on Tina's version because that's the only version I have to go on, but that's kind of what it seemed like from either the movie or any other stories that have been told from her point of view where it was like, oh, he was real sweet and good, and then once they started getting bigger and he could afford himself that cocaine, I mean... And he was addicted for his whole life. I believe that's what he died from. Yeah. I mean, Rick James and countless mm-hmm. amount of other people that once they were already an addict prior yeah. to, but once they got the money and the connections to just be delivered to their yeah. doorstep in large quantities, yeah, it was a, a recipe for disaster. Definitely. Or a recipe for great music. I don't know. Yeah, it's it kind of depends kinda, how you... It's a thin line. Definitely. But, Tina, you know, um, <laughs> Pun intended. Another thing I really admire about Tina Turner is um, she lived in Switzerland and her politics, you know, told her where she thought best for her was, you know, not here. So she lived somewhere else. I thought that was cool. 
Yeah, she, and nobody like most, blackballed her for it, you know. Right, to the most neutral place in the world, right? Politically, at least. I wonder what it's like in Switzerland. I know, man. I want to go there. Apparently, if any sort of atomic bomb drops anywhere, because Switzerland's surrounded by like three humongo mountainsides, yeah, it's like pretty much the most protected country in the uh, world, as far as that goes. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I learned that a couple of years ago. But it's, like, for you or I to become a citizen there, I, I don't think it'd happen. Yeah, I would imagine there's I mean, I don't think a lot of shit to go through. I don't Plus, they're probably yeah. not super keen on Americans. Right, and we definitely don't have pockets deep enough to buy our way into that shit. Yeah, that too. But yeah, rest in peace to Tina Turner. Yep. In other news, I forgot to do this in our last episode, so... Go and check out the Sticker Bomb podcast. Is my friend Jesse, and he started a new podcast. I'll put a link to it in the description, but he interviewed us on his podcast, so go check that out. It was a fun interview. Definitely yeah. um, check out Jesse's podcast, Sticker Bomb podcast. He's also involved in the uh, music scene around here uh, you know, a few years back, too. So it was an enjoyable conversation. Yeah, I had fun with it. Definitely. It makes you feel like a very celebrity-ish feeling. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> felt more important than I am. Yeah. I didn't actually listen to the whole thing yet. I just listened to like half. Yeah, I just skipped around to and hear the ridiculous like, shit I said. And I'm like, God damn it, I can't listen to myself talk this fucking long. Yeah, I don't like it either. I got to do it every time I edit. Hopefully other people do or we're fucking doing this shit for nothing, man. Well, clearly people do. I mean, (laughs) like, we got people listening. Uh, That's funny. Somebody else out out there likes the voice. But today we're interviewing Alex and Justin from Hellmouth. If you're not familiar with Hellmouth, they were a band out of Detroit that thrash metal, metalcore, hardcore. It's like, I would, yeah, definitely a thrash punk. With, like, a blackened lyric. Yeah. They were really unique, very, Yeah, definitely very unique-sounding. And Alex that we're interviewing is also in another band on Relapse Records called Temple of Void. And then they also have another project upcoming with him and Justin together called Love Interest. And I believe that came out today. Like June that. 2nd, yes. Oh, that was yesterday. June, yeah, today would be the 3rd. Yeah. One thing I do want to note, since we're recording this after we already did the interview, there is a spot in there that has, like, some glitchy-sounding voice, and it was a connection issue. Really much I can do about it in edit. But anyway, before we get into the actual interview, I'm going to play a track here called Spitting Blood and Teeth off Gravestone Skylines, which was their second record. Hellmouth will be playing at Sanctuary in Detroit on October 14th, so if you're in the area or traveling around to the area, definitely go check that out because it's the first time that they've played, I don't know, five, six years or something like that. Actually, no, I think it was longer than that. Seven years. Yeah. They'll say in the interview, but if you do have a chance to see this band live, I suggest doing it. They are very, very tight. Yeah, I never got to see them live, but I would imagine They're, just from it, the sound of the band that they kill her live. It, yeah. But anyway, here is Spitting Blood and Teeth from Hellmouth. Rock out with your cock out. I took a big fix. I took a big fix. 
Alex and Justin from Hellmouth with us. Thank you guys for jumping on the show. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Uh, just so people can match names of voices, go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do in Hellmouth. Juju, you want to go first? Yeah, I was going to say we could go alphabetical, but I'll go. Uh, I'm Justin. <laughs> okay. I play drums in Hellmouth. Hey, and I'm Alex, and I play guitar in Hellmouth. Awesome. Cool. Well, again, thank you guys for jumping on the show. Um, it's cool to see that you have something upcoming. Is there any details past the show that you guys posted? Like, do you have a new record in the works or anything that you want to kind of give a little sneak peek to? I mean, no, nothing official. I I guess, Justin, we haven't talked about... Um, what hand we want to show. <laughs> I was going to say the second that question I was asked, I was like, God damn it, we should have probably talked about this beforehand. Um, yeah, no, no, that's why I asked if you wanted to see it. Right, right. Because I knew the show's yeah. like a ways out. So I was like, well, I don't know how much detail we're really going to get. But so. Yeah, no, I mean, we're definitely just amped on playing the show right now. I mean, there's been talks of maybe other things. It's just, it's so far out and, you know. Yeah. I don't really and, know exactly how far to elaborate on that. That's well, enough. we never broke up, so that's that's one thing. So we're just on. Uh, we've been a sleeping giant or a sleeping bear or whatever it may be. Hibernation. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's got us interested in in playing again. So we'll see. Uh, looking forward to the show big time. And if anything else happens around around that, then that'll be. I guess only time will tell. Cool. Yeah. So what brought on the show? Cause when was you last show before you guys went into a little break? Dude, I think we only played one show on the last record, right? That was the yeah. release show. We did the record release show for Oblivion, and that was the last time we played. When did that come out, Juju? 2016. Over five years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like 2016. probably 2017 or something? 2016. 2016, so... That's the last time we played. So, yeah. who? What, what show was it, Justin? That um, that Jay did vocals for le- recently, because that was the impetus for this whole thing. That was Snafu. Uh, was it Negative Approach? I think. I think it was at a Negative Approach show. And Snafu covered like what, like three or five songs or something, and they had Jay do vocals, and he didn't tell us about it until after the fact. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. That they were covering yeah, um, Hellmouth songs. Yeah. yeah. No. He actually yeah. he told me a little bit beforehand. I think I was out of town or something for it because I wanted to go see it, but I don't think he told you. And <laughs> yeah, regardless, it got us, you know, excited about the idea of doing it again. And uh, yeah, I mean, me, Alex, and Jeff have been playing a lot lately and something else too. So it's just all kind of made sense after he did that. And it's like our 15 year anniversary. So that was just like the cherry on top. Like, all right, we haven't, we've been around for 15 years and uh, it's, it's, I would say literally a new generation of, of kids. It's very conceivable that, you know, some people maybe at the show weren't even born when we did our first record. Yeah, and might be out, you know, God, so we're awesome. getting to that stage. I have seen you guys play twice, once at an earth mover reunion show. I, a long time ago, maybe 12 years ago 13 years ago and then most recently would have been in july with earth crisis it was like 2000 
16, 17 maybe. And Is that um, the magic stick? That was at the skate park. Okay. The Royal Oak Skate Park oh, or whatever. And what? um, oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was weird. You guys were playing. There were you guys played songs I never heard before. Yeah. So maybe that would have been off of Oblivion before Oblivion came out. I'm not sure. But Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool, you know. I mean, you guys put on a fucking. You guys are a tight band live, you know, for sure. Thanks. I was gonna say, are you even sure you're talking to the right guys? I have like no <laughs> recollection of either show. <laughs> I was. That's the other. I was like, damn man, if Jeff was on this, he would have recalled all that. I don't remember the Earth Remover. I now when you say the skate park, I remember that vaguely. But where was the Earth Mover? The Earth Mover um, one show? was it at the shelter? Do you remember that, Jimmy? And it was, uh, dude, it was a long time ago. I'm trying to think. Let me get my ears straight because my kid turned 16 in a week, and I kind of base it off of that. Mm. I think he was like two. But Damn. anyway, that, um, this whole thing is making me feel way older. I got I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I picked up Gravestone Skyline at that show okay. from one of you at the table. That that's and that was my introduction to your band because like oh, like man. I said, I had a little kid, so like there was a period where like I I didn't focus on anything, but you know, being a dad. So I remember seeing that show. Yeah. So it's cool that you guys are going out again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we don't die while we play. <laughs> you gotta well, like work, you gotta like work up to it. You've all I, been, know, I mean, that was one of the reasons we stopped initially was I had to have like shoulder surgery. So it was just like the perfect storm of, oh. like, you know, everything falling apart physically, literally. Yeah. So you guys are in, you've been in other bands together, though, yeah? Yeah, currently me, Alex, and Jeff are doing something called Love Interests, which kind of formed out of us jamming with Hellmouth again randomly. Alex has been doing Temple of Void. Uh, me and Jay have been doing the Suicide Machines together for way longer than it feels now. Um, yeah, that's been like close to 30 years, isn't it? Yeah, they have. I've been doing it with those guys for like 13 or 14 years now, and it feels like a year or two. So, again, <laughs> just going back to how old we all are. Yeah. And then Justin also filled in for bass in Temple of Void when we went to Europe. So, oh, yeah. We've yeah. Shared, shared the stage on numerous, numerous fans. Yeah. Nothing but Sarah's support. Now, how far is Hellmouth toured? Did you guys ever really go on a tour? No. I mean, we did like long weekends, pretty right. much. I feel like um, if you guys would have went out at that time and really pushed that, kind of like I wonder where it would be now. Because I don't think anything still really sounds like Hellmouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like weird uh, pool of musicians and styles. You know? Yeah, I'd like to. It's nice to hear that. I'd like to think that we do something original within whatever genre it is that we are in i think we have our own definitely have our own sound and it's certainly based on the eclecticism of the people involved for sure Um, because we all have such different backgrounds yet we all have a venn diagram of overlapping stuff that makes sense but to get to your question about you know touring i remember slayer's manager reached out to us or slayer's booking agent or something like that and they're like, hey, we heard, you know, about Hellmouth, you know, what, what are you guys up to? And I remember telling them, well, we have 
careers and stuff and we can't be like full-time road dogs right. and the guy just never wrote back gotcha. it was like wah, wah. <laughs> well i mean right you have life you have families you know mm-hmm. yeah it was just wrong place wrong time kind of <laughs> right yeah i was trying to think of a word to define how mouth really is as far as a genre i was blanking there though like jeremy said and you guys said it really is the like Alex, you were in Coalition, Justin coming from Suicide Machines, and I'm sure you've had other bands in between there. It, it's a cool blend of hardcore, but like the right splash of metalcore and some thrash mixed in there. Yeah, man, I, that's I, it's very it's a great compliment. I always just feel like me and Alex always talk about you know when we did that Temple of Void tour and on tour with these dudes from Finland that are like uber metal and they were great, but like, we just kept saying, you know, punk rock is the foundation for everything that we do in all of our bands, essentially, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, um, if you played, cause Justin, you played drums and for die or sake, right? Yep. Okay. I saw your band play or I've seen that band once, but, um, unfortunately I don't recall too much of that time. It was even longer ago than the other two. It's okay. I don't recall much. Either. Cool, <laughs> but um, if you played that and then Alex played something from Coalition, and then Suicide Machines, I don't think anybody could guess that that's what would come out. You know what I mean? Is Hellmouth for sure? Absolutely. And that's yeah. and I think that's what makes it fucking cool. Well, wait till you hear Love and You're really yeah. not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I wrote it down, man. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, Friday. Friday. Uh, this, right? Yeah. This what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so that would be, I don't know when the podcast is going to come out, but it'd be, f- what, Friday, June 2nd? Yeah. That's, that's when our our debut EP will be available to um, to pre-order on vinyl. Oh, right on. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you're gonna you be think that Hellmouth was maybe. a weird combination as, like, the sound was a weird, you know, result. Wait, this is going to really uh, be strange. Cool. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's hard to push these genres in different directions where they haven't already been pushed. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, I think that was also another reason why, you know, obviously it was just kind of a perfect storm of us stopping playing with like me with some like health stuff and just life in general. But uh, you can only write so much stuff that sounds, you can only push it so far until it sounds like a different band, you know? Right. Right. And I've always wanted to, like with Temple of Void, it's very simple. Like we're, well, I don't know, nothing simple, but like we're a death doom band. That's the genre that we chose to play in. Right. And so we choose to push the boundaries within the genre as best we can so that we're not generic and that we have our own defined sound. But we fly the flag of death doom, you know, so you you know on some level like what? It has to have death metal and it has to have doom metal. In yeah, it. you Otherwise, know what you're getting not- into. Yeah, but, you know, then we add in all other stuff that makes it what it is, and that's what sets it apart. With Hellmouth, we didn't necessarily have that, like, line in the sand, you know? But then I feel like over time, rather quickly, we we turned into what we were and what we are, and it felt disingenuous to, like, go too far away from it, because if you stray too far, then I feel like we're, we're just not being true to what Hellmouth is, you know, and it's the same thing like with Temple of Void. Like if we get too far out from what we are, then is it Temple of Void anymore? Like the concept of Temple of Void or the concept of Hellmouth. And I think that's why you see us do love interest, Temple of Void, suicide machines, you know, whatever it might be, because 
there's no one band to like rule them all you know yeah yeah i follow that <laughs> you have to have different outlets you have to draw a line somewhere no that yeah. and that's definitely cool and we ryan and i were actually talking about this before you guys jumped on about how like nobody follows people in bands anymore like alex for instance if i'm into coalition and then you get into hellmouth and then to temple of void like we're gonna follow you to be like oh what's this guy doing and that doesn't seem to happen a lot anymore and it yeah but it's cool that you can have all those outlets and can do that you know yeah i mean if you did follow any of us around i guess you'd probably get fucking whiplash you know <laughs> yeah yeah well you say that juju but like i also think if you were a real like detective you could totally catch the threads that are the same from at least from my perspective right as a as a guitarist oh um, definitely you can definitely hear stuff from the temple of void that really we could play in love interest and probably stuff from hellmouth that you could play in love interest or temple of void but it's so that's cool. because i'm only one of six people or one of four people or one of five people and so you hear my voice throughout all the stuff that could translate but it's not a solo project. So as soon as you throw in, you know, three, four, five other people into each one of these bands, that's when it each band becomes its own thing. No, that's no, that's totally fair. I mean, and listening to the last Tom Off record, just kind of like getting reacquainted with everything for us to play the show. You know, I had written to you and Jeff, and I was like, holy shit, a lot of this is like such a precursor to love interest. Like there's shit in there that's just straight up like it could be love interest, you know? It's like blood yeah. All that, yeah, and you think about leave the light behind from oh, yeah. avoid yeah. Uh, that could be love interest, but I didn't know that at the time because <laughs> it like pre uh you know it came before preceded sure. love interest lyrically, who does the uh writing is that Jay or does everybody yeah. okay, I was curious because uh hand is cold's death on the last album. Oblivion yeah. is uh is pretty fucking deep, but uh yeah, dude. I mean, I can't really fully speak for him, but that was the time where he was working a job where he was working in a freezer all day. I think. Okay, like, I've been there. Like negative thirty. Like months. what? I mean, yep. I, I've been there, man. Sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. He's he's a wordsmith. So from going from Hellmouth to playing in Temple of Void, did you? struggle with like the tempo change there because they're two very different speeds of bands no it, the idea was I, I think each time i do something it it's to express a different perspective so given the speed you know of uh of hellmouth it was only natural for me that my other outlet didn't overlap with what i was doing with hellmouth i didn't want to write music that i was like oh what's this for hellmouth or tov it was like Temple of Void has its own charter and that might be a 10 minute long slow song. You know, I mean, you know what we sound like, Death Doom. And right. there's no, uh, I would never bring that to, to Justin <laughs> for Hellmouth or he'd kick my ass. Um, <laughs> it was just a different outlet, you know? And if I wrote a 60 second, you know, or a 13 second banger, then I knew that was a Hellmouth one. And it was about pushing my chops in different directions as a guitarist too. Because I think you can only go to the well so many times before you end up dry or you get bored and you want to explore different things. And I find them really easy to compartmentalize. And that I guess that's important for me as an, as an artist. 
Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a guitar player. It's more of a, I've picked it up a couple times, but I I know what you're saying as far as if you get stuck playing, you're playing like almost the same style riff over and over and it's boring and you Mm -hmm. just want to switch it up. Is that kind of, kind of correct? Yeah. And yeah. And that's, that's the thing where I, I would like to think that all the bands that I do push boundaries within whatever, you know, genre they, they may be, whatever the closest, you know, genre may be. So I'm always looking for something inventive or a new way to, to push myself. Um, and sometimes I guess you push so hard and you're like, well, I need to do a whole other band because I can't push Hellmouth any further than where it is. And so I think as we, you know, like I haven't played, Temple of Wood hasn't played a show in North America in, in years now. Our last shows were um, with Justin in Europe last year. And as we get back to jamming again, I have to question, like, what do I want to do guitar-wise in Temple of Void now? Like, how far have I taken what I can, how I can express myself in that band? And then if we write new Hellmouth stuff, it's like, well, what does Hellmouth in 2023 sound like? You know, and if it has to sound like what it sounded like in 2016, the question I have to ask myself is, can I do that, like, genuinely? Because if it's not genuine and honest, then I'm not going to do it. But have I evolved beyond writing that kind of music? Will I still enjoy writing that kind of music? How far can I push it away yeah, from yeah. where it is, where it's still recognizable as Hellmouth? Because I think it, I think if you pick up a Hellmouth record, it needs to sound like a Hellmouth record, you mm-hmm. know. And our history is part of who we are. And I wouldn't want to do a 180 on someone and still slap a Hellmouth logo on it. Justin, what do you think about that? As far as like the boundaries that we can push and what makes Hellmouth Hellmouth. Well, no, I mean, I think that's what's kind of funny is like, not to keep pushing love interest, but like during the pandemic, you know, we hadn't been gotten together in a long time and we decided the four of us were just kind of, I don't know, I guess, pissed off at the state of the world, you know, as everybody was, you know? And so we got in a room together and we were like, let's just see what happens and, you know, maybe write some new Hellmouth shit. And like, as we were going, it was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do, I feel like we went past the line in the sand, which was when it was like, all right, these are not going to be Hellmouth songs. You know, we can't call this Hellmouth in good conscience, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can only push it so far, which is also like at times makes you feel like you're stuck in a box. Right. And you got to enjoy being in that box. Absolutely. And I think that's okay. Like sometimes you can, right? Yeah, no, it feels good to, I, I like, my toes feel good in the box again, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So love interest yeah. is Hellmouth without Jay then, basically? Yeah, Jay actually, when when it started, Jay was going to be, was singing in it, actually. So it really would have just been Hellmouth with a couple extra people, but that just didn't work out. Yeah, honestly. no, okay. So, yeah. yeah. I just, uh, I, I don't know if I missed that earlier or what, so... That's cool, and now I'm like yeah, super no, pumped really to check this shit out. Yeah, it's different. It's awesome. We're we're stoked. But yeah, Jay's super busy with the trader stuff right now, and yeah. So as far as uh, rehearsing and stuff, then are you just kind of like you got to work around everybody's schedule. How's that? We haven't truthfully started yet. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I wondered. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get to it. Well, the show is October 14th, yeah, so I guess you got a while. Yeah. Oh, this was funny. I found uh, on uh, Wikipedia, it said that uh, you guys were uh, quoted as saying, the band sounds like Celtic Frost raping Black Flag, while the accused <laughs> discharge 
and entomb have a circle jerk. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. I mean, I didn't say who said it, but you know, yeah, it's pretty. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Oh man. Oh, I thought that was funny. I don't think we would come up with that quote in 2023. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Anyway. You can add it Wikipedia, right? What's that? Yeah, you can add it. So you can add it Wikipedia, right? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Alex, maybe we get on that after this. <laughs> yeah, we should say uh, all those bangs. Celtic Frost. Hugging. Hugging yeah, exactly. Is there other bands on the ticket with you guys, or is it so far just you playing October 14th? So far, it's just us. I mean, we, we there's been some talks. I don't. I, we really don't have a game plan for it yet. We just want to just play a show. So, and that's legit. Like, we're not hiding anything. We honestly don't know. We might just play by ourselves. We might have an opening band. Yeah. It's October 14th. We haven't figured it out. We've got a venue, and we've got us, and we're committed to doing it. That's yeah. all we know so far. Yeah. yeah, I think a show just you guys would be sweet because you get right to the point at the beginning of the show and it'd probably be two hours long give or take so plus like think of how long oh it's God. been since somebody you'd like play two hours you're crazy dude <laughs> well uh, yeah, you can't do it for say, just a yeah, half hour hours. and then be like <laughs> see ya 35 minutes set. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well then you're definitely gonna need back yeah maybe i don't know <laughs> People are going to be like, man, a half hour I came out for this. Are you still yeah, it, It'll definitely be longer than a half hour, but good God. Yeah, just saying two hours just made my fucking heart flutter. Well, <laughs> well you, can, you can take a little break in between, but I'm saying collectively. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I think we'd have to play every record twice to hit two hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I would they totally only like that. Yeah, because you got pretty much half hour per record. There's an hour and a half and yeah. then encores. Yep. <laughs> and let me tell you, we're not playing every record front to back. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you guys still uh, attached to a label as a band or not to the best of my knowledge? Okay, I just wondered. I'll be honest, we were never the most business sa- savvy group of fellas to play music, so I have I, Alex, you might know. Yeah. Alex would be the smartest business one out of us. Well, I got my my band business smarts they accumulated over time. Yeah, over they fucking up a lot, right? They weren't necessarily in place. I don't. I don't think we we talked about the other day. I don't think we've ever signed a contract. Okay. We signed Ferret. Ferret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the right. One. That, that was, was the only one we signed. Yeah. Okay. That's why there's other people who are making money off of us on Spotify and stuff. Well, that's like we don't yeah, that's kind of like what I was gonna ask next is like, well, then how does that all work? If yeah, because uh, you can stream all three records, right? You guys would be surprised how little we know. But we were literally just talking about this other day. Like, I have no fucking clue where any of this stuff goes, where any of it is. Right. Yeah. I think the and one... It's, so, it's, it's very confusing, too. It's not artist-centric, like all this kind of stuff. Right. It's The the deck is stacked against you. Um, those with the lawyers are the ones who, who know how to how to write things. and Yeah, in uh, their favor, yeah. too. Yeah, that's shitty. So you were on Ferret for like a album deal, and then just pushed out your own records. It's on Fast Break, right? Yeah, the last one. And your band shows up on the Fast Break record website still, and I think you can still get the Oblivion CD from there, possibly. 
Yep. So we're not affiliated with anybody at the moment. Gotcha. What happens? Well, that's probably, I mean, obviously that's probably for the better anyway, then you can do what you want as a human being. Yeah. And you're not yeah. on a deadline to release this. Or that. I guess we'll, we'll pay more attention to, and we'll sign something. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I, I just, I always kind of wondered when it's, you know, your Spotify thing will say, at least mine, and I'm sure everybody else's will say, you listen to so-and-so this month, you're, you know, donating $2 to them or whatever. And mm. you know that that $2 doesn't go to anybody in that picture, but yeah. I wondered yep. where it went. Hey, absolutely not. It's pennies at best. Right, right. So can we talk about the... Uh... The burnt Bible in the record. Are you guys exhausted about that story? Let's chat. No, <laughs> yeah, go for it. So, whose yeah. I, whose idea was it originally? Because I don't know the whole story, and I've only heard the rumors. The rumors. There's rumors. Oh There's wow. Rumor. Oh yeah. Record collectors talk about that shit. Oh sweet. Um, I don't really remember how it exactly started. We were all very game for it. It <laughs> just off the bat. Yeah. I do remember um, I had suggested we maybe burn a different holy book because it like Christianity was such low hanging fruit, you know, it felt right, like, Oh, everybody right. does that, you know? And yeah. we're like, what about we burn the Quran, you know, just to switch it up a little bit. And <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, I was like too scared from like a fatwa perspective. I'm like, <laughs> someone's going to put a hit out on us. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're way too serious. Yeah. We can't burn the Quran. So we just, I guess, did the Bible. I will say, while we were all game to burn the Bible, Alex just went ahead and bought, like, the most badass old fucking Bible ever, and we showed up to do it, and we were like, dude, come on, man. Like, even we were like, that's a really cool-looking book. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, right. I read it was, like, an 18th century Bible, if I remember. Yeah, it was, it was 19th century. It's from, 19? like, 18, like, late 1800s. Okay. Nice. Um, and it was German. And it was beautiful, but I bought it a because whatever the price was was in our price point and the size of it, like oh, it was, was a good size. A you know, we weren't going to get some style. We needed a lot of paper to burn. Yeah, and it looked cool, but it did feel a little sac not sacrilegious from our religion, like sacrilegious from like a books are amazing and we shouldn't be burning right. books from a, but, from an art, right? Especially one that looks really yeah. cool. Yeah, but you know, it was the Bible and it was spreading trash. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't, I really don't condone book burning. None of us do. Obviously, that sucks, but we did donate proceeds to cancer through the prophets, if I remember correct. Yeah, the story that um, I heard was, and I don't know who, it was never said who in the band, but that the band did it because the, A, the album won't play. And B to show like how dumb people are to pay X amount of dollar for no, no we had no it's how dumb we were we didn't realize that, that it, it wasn't gonna play oh <laughs> that's fucking hilarious yeah. that's that rumor in our minds in our minds you were gonna have this like sort of flaked burnt Bible ash yeah. in the wax but it would have been like a sandwich you know and it would have been a playable record never in our dreams would be like, let's intentionally make a record that doesn't work, <laughs> you know? 
No, so, that, that's the rumor I heard, just to be like, just to, you know, show like how silly consumerism is or something. But, you know, it's it's like we're like women, man, at a salon. We just fucking chit-chat and all this shit gets... That would be hypocritical of us, like, to make records and then, like, shit on people for buying the records. Yeah, but made. then you donated the money to the cancer thing, so that made it, like, yeah. okay. I mean, no, I, I don't know. It's, Obviously, it's just, uh, you know, bullshit, and you guys didn't even know it was yeah. going to not work, which is even better. Yeah, that makes the story way better. Yeah, it does. Did you... I mean, that's an awesome rumor, just a fuck capitalism and consumerism. Right, right. So was the yeah. pressing of the ashes an in-house thing, or did you send it off to some company? We sent it off, but we weren't allowed to tell them that it was a Bible. Uh, and okay. I remember that much of the detail. And I don't believe anyone has ever put burnt Bible ashes in a record before or since. So yeah. I think it's pretty awesome that, that we did it from that perspective. To the best you know of my gonna knowledge, do it, it's going to be fucking playable and... Yeah, yeah, they'll do a proper way. <laughs> They're like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Ours is first. Yes. Well, it is hard to find. Yeah, there's only like 66 of them. I feel like they go for 150 or something on eBay. No, double um, that. Double that, yeah. Damn. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's like, again, you, you don't get to see any of that money, though, do you? No, but I, I got an extra box laying around here somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Yeah, I've actually... <laughs> Uh, there was one in Grand Rapids at Vertigo for a while, for the oh. longest time, but and I think they had two fifty on it, and it eventually sold. Damn. Yeah, I mean there was only sixty six of them, so yeah. that it is legitimately rare. And like you said, you're the only people that have done that, to the best of my knowledge, because yeah. that's like something I would hunt out because it's fucking sweet. And I like the, weird little uh, yeah, you know, yeah. niche shit like that where you're like, oh, this has this in it. Like uh, Sleep Pressed Pot Leaves into one of their records recently. That's cool. Have you guys ever have you seen the Burn Bible? Because it gets all over your fucking, it gets all over your hands. Yeah, it's like tacky, like cheap concrete feeling almost. Like, yeah. it's like Or like Play-Doh sand or something. It's a weird texture. Yeah, I've only taken it out a couple of times just because it gets all over my hands, and I'm like, I don't want to ruin the thing. Yeah. Right. Just tell them about the – I mean, when I think of it, I have a completely different memory from everyone else because I was there and we burned it. Justin, tell them about actually burning it and what went down. What, in your backyard? We almost yeah. burned the garage down, didn't we? Like the lawn caught on fire and shit? Am I, is <laughs> I remembering this correct? Yeah, like you you had – Oh, it was you me. Had the, I did this. Yeah. You had the you had the um the canister like the jerry can or whatever, and you poured you know poured some onto the onto the flames onto the Bible and then like flames started going up the jerry can and you started like flicking the can and these <laughs> balls of fire started going all around the backyard. Oh, I honestly man. don't remember that. Uh, yeah, you were like you were flicking it with your wrist because you were like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> It's like a flamethrower of just balls of fire going in the backyard. And that was the Holy man. Spirit coming through. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. that, that was your punishment right there for burning the Bible. Yeah. Man. But we made it, man. We conquered. We did it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I, to me, it makes it cooler that it doesn't play now that I know the story behind yeah, yeah, that. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's way funnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not intentional. So the picture of it being done, is that the actual book in the picture or is that just like a generated mm-hmm. Photoshop? Uh, we had like a metal Hellmouth 
die cut out thing or whatever. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next right? question. I was wondering if that was added in like graphic design wise or if there was like a metal cutout or something. No, I still have that actually. Nice. It's really sharp. Yes, I remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it was all practical. Mm hmm. I guess now that you do motion graphics, I'm sure we could have just foamed it all in and it would all have been, <laughs> but oh, that wouldn't yeah. have been. Money would have had to burn shit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we just could have uh... returned the Bible and got our money back. <laughs> <laughs> or kept the cool book. Yeah. Yeah. So your album covers, you guys use the same guy every time Andretti, and I can't pronounce his last name. I don't uh, want to Andre slide. Buzikov. Is it Buzikov? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, believe so. Yeah. Andre. So how did you guys hook up with him? Because um, before this, I was kind of, you know, studying a little bit, and I just noticed he did every cover. And uh, then I started following him, and I didn't realize how many different covers he had actually done. And I just, like I said, wondered how you guys hooked up with him. If you, this is 100% Alex. Alex? I mean, I don't remember how, how initially. I'm going to just imagine okay. that with any band you do, you think who's going to do the album art and then you get together and you come up with a bunch of ideas and then somehow through discussion, like somebody bubbles to the top, you know? And I liked, I know personally, I liked Andre to me. He seemed like Ed Repka, but without Ed Repka's price tag, yeah, he yeah. seemed like a sort of modern day Ed Repka. And that seemed to fit our, you know, I mean, you look at his stuff, it fit our, he, he fit our price point he fit the style, and then once we got the first one done, we kind of created this trilogy and stuck with him. And I think if we did, if we ever did a fourth record, I would definitely want him to do it. So there's all the records are gatefold. All of them have him on the cover. Yep, yep. To me, I feel like he's he's part of our, you know, big part of the aesthetic. Yeah, that's know? cool. That first cover is dope too. Because, like I said, I was looking at it um, before, and I I guess I never noticed. There's like a little dude hanging himself in a building it's like a shadow and there's all these yeah. little shit in there that i never really paid much attention to before and um yeah i'm i was just curious part, um my friend clint uh clint ford mm -hmm. he he does all the retouching for us okay so essentially you get the artwork from the artist and you know most people would probably ship it like that but i would always send it to clint and then he would mess with it in photoshop to to get the most out of the artwork nice. as far as like the color depth, you know, and like the contrast and yeah, yeah. he could really like amp things up and take uh, a really good piece of artwork and just make it shine, you know, and make it great. Yeah. He's like, so oh, it's just a... we had a lot of consistency. Like cool. we had consistency from album to album with the personnel, the artist, the retoucher and the record producer and studio. So, if you listen to all three records, uh, you know, the, yeah, the formula is there, pieces. the personnel is there. Definitely. And it's also the same scene, just in further deterioration. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I never dude. realized. Yeah. That. I didn't, didn't, didn't. Right. When you said that, I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. You can tell, you can definitely tell from the first one to the second one. Right. Um, it's like a couple, you know, it's just... There's yeah. some hints. The third one's obviously... I was going to say, if we did a fourth one, it's just... It would just be black. Yeah, you know, just right? do the Hellmouth <laughs> black With album. the Hellmouth logo, yeah. 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 That's what I would do. <laughs> yep. and then, Could we get... Um, uh, what's his... Andre 
Buzikov to paint it black for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be so awesome. Funny. Have it retouched and everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I was thinking about that, Justin. I was like, what would the fourth thing? And to, I guess it'd be some sort of, you know, genesis or rebirth kind of thing, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. Maybe it'd be like a utopia or something like that. I don't know. Like, or somehow it gets real meta and we end up in the cave that was the temple yeah. inside thing, and it's got you guys in the rowboat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, maybe we search go for inside stock. that that uh, big crazy like you know portal in the sky or whatever. You know, yeah. like maybe the next one's on on another planet. Damn. Then we'd have to do three more. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Barbarella trilogy. Yep. So you said you used the same producer and same studio for the recordings. Where where'd you guys record the original albums? Well, the original we did drums in a house, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's Rancho Ricordo. Is that what Mark it's yeah, Mark it's the best yeah. name? Rancho Ricordo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's it wasn't called that back then, though. Oh, okay. What was it called again? Justin? I, that's what I, I don't remember. I feel like it was sort of in the oh, Audio Lux, Audio Lux, because okay. he was down somewhere and left it ruined and recorded there, which I think is how we got the. I don't. I'm I'm so terrible with the uh, with remembering the specifics on this. I just remember recording drums in a house and this big open house, and then did we do guitars and stuff there too? I don't think so. I think we just got the drums there and then we tracked everything with Mark somewhere else. And that was audio Lux. And then at some point he changed his name or branding or whatever from audio Lux to Rancho Recordo. That might've been when he custom built his new studio. Yeah. Um, but it was the same guy just, yeah, maybe in a different room. Yeah. I mean, whatever. So you got to kind of like age with the studio. Then. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're pretty low hanging fruit, like pretty low on the totem pole of like his accomplishments at this point. But he can't, we can't, yeah, Mark can't shake this. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is he yeah, produced? I was gonna say, do you know offhand who else he's produced? He does like Saves the Day, uh, Taking Back Sunday, uh, Against Laura Jane Grace, uh, Against Me. Against yeah, me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're way fucking different bands yeah, from no, how way, 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 yeah. <laughs> crazy I mean the suicide uh, we just did the love interest thing there with him too uh, Suicide Machines recorded Revolution Spring the latest record there with him or it, it was just he didn't do that one but we recorded it there just yeah it's a place where we're all super super comfortable recording it that's awesome that is a cool little juicy detail to know. I would have never known that outside of just asking that question. But, uh, like all three of those bands actually really got like huge for a while. Oh yeah, like yeah. saves the day, taking Mel. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. those bands. I think he, he's up. out with Cursive right now or Sunny Day Real. I don't know. I can't keep track of what what he's doing, but it's big. Tim's- yeah, he yeah he got asked to go out with Sunny Day. I don't. Did he go out with them? Or maybe he was. I, I think they were going to go to England or something, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think he just went out to Omaha and recorded Cursive's new record out. Right. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is you yeah. told me that he was potentially going to go out with Sisters of Mercy, and I'm still real mad. Yeah. At him. Holy yeah. fuck! Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, we're big Sisters Both fans. Big fans here. of Sisters. Yeah. Are you guys going to go in, in uh, next week? Is that next week? Yeah, next Monday. 
I just saw them two Mondays ago in California. And they were fucking think? awesome. They were awesome. They were awesome. I've heard that now they're not like Andrew can't sing like he used to. Look, I, he wasn't doing all the singing. I will say that for sure. But like, dude, they put on a good show. Like, if you right. get past the fact that like they don't have a bass player, it's obviously they've never had a drummer. But it's like, dude, I don't know. It fucking sounded great. I had fun. I, I recommend going. Well, that's I'm all excited that, to see all that matters then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I rem- that came up like really fast because I remember we were talking about that a while ago about Sisters playing. But then there's Tide Down it's Fest. It's like right before Tide Down Fest, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. Shit. That's what puts a wrench in everything. Yeah. It's not the same night, is it? No, no it's but... like a week before or something like that. No, I think it's okay. it's like... Or is it the day before? Yeah, you go Friday... So technically, it would be like Friday, Saturday, Sunday would be tied down, and then Monday would be sisters. And then oh, I think there's okay. something else like real close, maybe even within ten days. That's like really cool to see too. Yeah, that always happens, man. When it rains, it pours. Yep. Yeah, it's like right when the nice weather came to Michigan. There's like here's shows. Yep. <laughs> yep, and then like here's some overtime at work. Oh, yeah, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. Uh, of course. But So the producer, just one last question on him. Was he a Michigan local, or did you guys have to travel for that? He's in Fenton. Like, that's where his studio is. It's in Fenton, Michigan. Okay. I would have never known that either. Yeah, dude, it's very unassuming where it is, too, man. There's, like, chickens and shit running around. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's a hole in the wall of a recording studio. Yeah. A hole in the country. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Danny Carey has a studio in northern Michigan somewhere in an unassuming camp. Really? Yeah, and he put a video on YouTube about it because, like, my wife is was, like, friends with his wife when they were, like, in high school or whatever. So she'll, like, uh, you know, keep up on that shit. So we're on the hunt for that. That's awesome. <laughs> There's going to be fucking uh, cabins being broken yeah, into across yeah, northern yeah. Michigan. It's like nothing's taken, you know? Yeah, nothing's taken. They're just like, sorry, looking for Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Does he live in Michigan? No, but, no, but he comes where up his here. fucking old lady's from. Yeah. Uh, Alpina. Damn. It's kind of weird. He's been like Walmart, and then you'll get, you know, because he's from Tool. People like they'll get all weird and like girly in front of them. It's pretty funny, actually. People love Tool, man. Yeah, they do, man. He's just like a regular ass dude. I know he's <laughs> so fucking regular. I think it's funny that you know when they do that. I feel like, and I'm not trying to like disparage the guy, but I swear I saw a video of him getting arrested drunk at the airport like a year ago. <laughs> shit, probably. It's a possibility. Yeah, I don't actually, know. Dude, I, I, dude, that's some shit that's probably almost happened to all of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've seen that guy, uh, that video, actually. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know the the, the story behind it. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm sure when he hears, this, I'm sure when he hears the podcast, he's going to be very upset with me about <laughs> Yeah, he's a regular listener. I forgot to mention yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> no, I don't know if he is. That'd be cool. but That'd be sweet. Yeah, let us know where your camp is, dude. Yeah, we're coming for you. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me like the coffin cats have something up here too. Some hidden fucking camp. So that's the shit. You just gotta have a hidden studio camp somewhere, huh? Apparently, yeah. or in your case, uh, chickens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. 
So outside of the one show that you guys have set up, do you have plans to like hopefully do some more? Or are you just gonna kind of see the do the one and see how it goes? Yeah, I feel like do the one, but we've only committed to the one, and it's nice not having anything else to think about or any other pressure. We're doing this because it's fun. We'll see what happens, and no one's making up any rules except for us. You know, like we're in charge of what we do. So yeah. if something else happens, great. If not, hey man, it's all good. Yeah, totally. I would say at the very least, I'd like to maybe do like an annual show. I think that could be cool. Yeah, as long as it stays fun, I think that's kind of where the four of us are at with it. Like low pressure, it's good times. Mm -hmm. Just play it when you feel like it. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, because you'll have the the people who are fans are definitely going to come out for it. I, yeah, I hope so. And, you know, even if they don't, we'll probably still show up. It's like Alex said, <laughs> a cool thing. Probably. We never broke up. So we don't have to, like, yeah. there's no, like, this is a reunion or whatever. Right. right? There's uh, no obligations for anything. It's just yep. it's what it is. It's and it, it's cool that you didn't say, like, final show ever or something, because there's <laughs> bands that do that and play, like, 20 final shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that yeah. for late sake broke up, and we definitely have played one or two shows after that. And, you know, while well, I love those guys, and it, one of them was definitely for a, like a, a benefit for a good cause. It's a little embarrassing. Yeah, well, it's like the Black Sabbath thing. Like, how many end tours did they do? And same with yeah. like fucking Iron Maidens, Ben doing them. I think I saw Motley Crue on their final tour twenty years ago or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that should have stayed their final tour. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. So one thing we ask everybody on the show, and Alex, you said you listened to the Coalition episode, so you probably heard us ask Dan this, but what is something musically that you guys are into that people would not expect? Oh, Do you want to go first, Justin? I, I do not. I do not want to go first. <laughs> I got the, the, first thing, uh, the first thing, well, I'm, I guess, I can't remember if you said it to Dan. Did you, did you call it a guilty pleasure? Yeah, yeah, guilty yeah. pleasure or like just something that okay. like like people don't expect that I listen to like old jazz and shit just looking at you. Or like, like if you're in the shower the... listening to Amy Grant, nobody knows about it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say because I do not have any guilty pleasures because I'm not, I don't feel guilty about listening to Right, anything. right. I guess, right. yeah. That's why I kind of worded so I... it as like not expecting because. Yeah, there's definitely stuff I listen to that people wouldn't expect, yeah. but nothing that I would ever say is a guilty pleasure because. It's like music, books, like anything artistic. Like if you're doing, if you're consuming something artistic, that should be celebrated. It's never something, you know, guilt to be guilty of. Yeah, um, I agree. Belinda Carlisle, I think her her record is awesome, her first album. And that's not something that uh, I is think. Is that making my way downtown? Is that chick? No, he- Heaven on Earth from 1987. Oh, okay, like, okay, okay. Gotcha. Heaven is a place on earth. Yeah, like, dude. That shit's dope. That made- Making my way downtown. That song is a banger, though. That's great. That's like Vanessa something. Yeah, right? Vanessa Carlisle or this song's sick as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh pickle like that. Thing. No, no, no. Uh, Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, dude. No, I She's know what's up. I just, I just fucking got a Belinda Carlisle cover for a Belinda Carlisle album I had, and the cover wasn't so good, so I had to swap it out with a better one. Mm. So we're down with so, the uh, Heaven oh, on Earth. Yeah. Heaven on Earth, that, that's a, maybe an album. And then I'll give you a second one today. Um, I was listening to, like, the last thing that I listened to on my phone was uh, Groove Rider, a record from 2006. It's uh, he, He's an English drum and bass 
DJ. So I love drum and bass, for instance. So what was it? Groove Rider. Yeah, I'm not yeah, familiar with that. Okay. I was writing it down to check it out. Like if you like Goldie or Omni Trio or anything like that, it's like in that vein. Okay. But that, that's like this question's so hard because I know me and Alex yeah. are in the same boat of like. I listen to like everything. I mean, like I'm super into electronic music and shit and like listen to hip hop and pop. I, I don't know, but I do have, I think I know which I'm going to say, and this goes out to my boy, Jeff. You can throw Fuck a couple more. out there too. I corn. know it's hard to narrow it down. Corn? <laughs> corn? Corn. Corn. The first corn record is the heaviest record ever written. Oh, I don't know about ever, but yeah, it is heaviest oh, of their catalog. Of all time, of all time. <laughs> this is a long-going Hellmouth thing where me and Jeff talk about corn to Alex and Jay, and it just, they get pretty... We just don't understand it. It's yeah, just, I'm not a corn fan myself, but it was like pushed down my throat in junior high, and then where I work with a bunch of hillbillies, it's like cool now to listen to corn again, so I have to hear it a lot. I never it really made it past the second record, but it's uh, that would be my most embarrassing thing, I guess. But even though it's, it's still pretty, like the second was what Life Is Peachy. Yeah, the you not something about Adidas and yeah, yeah all day Irish. I dream about sex. That, so, yeah. so what, like in your opinion, to you makes it the heaviest record ever? Because it really, really right. upsets Alex and uh, Jay when <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I didn't know if that was like there was some sarcasm there or a joke or if you were like had a legitimate reason because there is parts in that record where Jonathan Davis like goes like animalistic vocally where he's just fucking spouting off random noises and shit. Yeah, I I legitimately do like the record. I do like the first two records. I don't think that they're necessarily the heaviest records of all time. This is but uh, this is just kind of an ongoing thing. So. That'd be my embarrassing thing, even though I'm not embarrassed about it and Alex is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't mind those first few records. I like them. Yeah. yeah. If Jeff was here, he'd have my back. <laughs> other than corn, do you got any others you want to give away? I think so, man. I, I, I hate to piggyback on Alex, but I just, like, I work on a computer all day. So, like, I just, I do listen to a lot of just, like, electronic ambient. Yeah. Shit you can have on to stimulate your brain, but you don't have to pay direct attention to it, kind of. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. I don't. In a different life, I probably, like, OD'd, uh, like, Electric Forest or Coachella or some shit or <laughs> one of those Burning Man things. And, yeah. I've seen Burning Man, but I've never been to it. I don't like them big-ass festivals. Yeah. That ain't my thing. I don't either. No. Not my thing either. But what I listen to, it probably sounds like I choked on a glow stick at some point. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, I'm. we're all over the place, too, man. That's why we like that question. Plus, it lets people open up to you a little bit. Yeah. Like, I want to know what people are listening to outside of their own shit. Well, what it's also hard room? with, like, streaming now, though, man. It's like, I can't even, like, my brain goes all over the place trying to pinpoint even something that I'd be embarrassed about because I, it's just, you hit random, and it's just, you know... Yeah, a you million get, different options. You get caught yeah. in that algorithm, dude, and it's like there's a 50 bands you'd check out. Yeah. I hate that with movies now. Like, I feel like streaming services, you are overwhelmed with what to watch, and I scroll more than I watch. Same. Can't I, yeah. I think a lot of people find themselves in that position. 
And it happens with music streaming services too. That's why I like having physical shit because I'm like, oh, cool. I want to listen to this and I have this yep. in my hand. Yep. So before we wrap this up, do you guys have anything that you want to get out there to say to promote the upcoming show or the uh, the Love Interest project that's coming up to you? There's not a whole lot to say about Hellmouth at the moment that hasn't been said. We're playing our, our show October 14th. We don't have any other details other than that show. And then what is um, the, the well, Instagram yeah. handle for Hellmouth? So, oh, God. God, this is rich. You got to ask Jeff. Um, <laughs> I'll put it in yeah, the episode description. Up, just like your listeners, because we don't know. Um, I think it's just. And then. Oh, oh it's Hellmouth. like uh, just Hellmouth Detroit. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. There you go. Hellmouth Detroit. And then Love Interest, our Instagram handle is Love Interest Detroit. And we have our debut four song EP coming out June 2nd on Council Records. It's going to come out on Bandcamp Friday. So you can pre order that on ultra clear vinyl and gold vinyl and that features three quarters of hellmouth all the links for everything like the band camp for that the hellmouth instagram and etc i'll put in the episode description for everybody and then like when we have the episode uploaded i'll have it all in there too cool awesome. thank you guys yeah, yeah no, so thanks when, so much when this episode's released i believe that will have been released yeah this episode will be out It'll be one week from today. Well, yeah, thank you guys for jumping on the show. We really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to all things Hellmouth coming. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. That was fun. Yeah, can't wait yeah, to check out Love Interest, man. Yeah, all right, let us know. Let us know for sure, we will. Yeah, I just followed the Instagram account, and then I'll definitely check that out when I get out of here tonight. Awesome. Thanks again. You guys have a good night. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Yep. Later, bros. Take care. Yep. Bye.